Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast with a difference this time. We are, of course, all at home uh, in lockdown. Sam is in his home in... It's a secret. I will never reveal where I live. Too many people out there. Maisie? Hi, Maisie. How are you? All good. Yeah, I'm next door to Sam. (laughs) And joining us on this podcast is Paul Scholes and Marcus Rashford as well. So very much looking forward uh, to them joining us today. Uh, Firstly, guys, how are we both coping in lockdown? Yeah, fine. I'm enjoying these. These are nice little chats, aren't they? It's quite yeah. nice. Yeah. Maisie and I had a bit of confusion trying to get the Zoom just starting up, but once once we got there... A bit of confusion is an underestimate, underestimation. Oh, yeah. Also, you had some confusion regarding the International Space Station, though. I must say, firstly, we all have a podcast WhatsApp group explain the situation for, for people at home. And I had seen <laughs> on Twitter that Tim Peake, the astronaut, of course, had tweeted saying look out for the International Space Station. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it was supposed to be on, I can't remember what, what it was, guys. Was it like four minutes or something? Yeah, like four so minutes past nine or something. So I thought, I'm going to send that into the group. So I copied it from Twitter, put it into our group. So then Johnny and I went out. I was like, oh, the countdown's on. I think it was t- uh, 8.42 it was coming on. So we were outside the front garden and I'm going, I think that's it. He's like, that's definitely it. That's the moon. And I'm going, that is it. So I'm at the back of the house. He's <laughs> We're trying to find this space station. How big is this uh, station? The moon? Well, I don't know because I didn't see it in the end. But anyway, so then I came inside and somebody on Twitter uh, said to me that that post was two days. (laughs) (laughs) So Helen went looking for the International Space Station two days after it had gone past. I wouldn't mind. I went out myself looking for it. Do you know what? Things that you're doing in isolation. Are you both okay though? Are you surviving? I'm slightly sunburnt, if anything, because I've been sat in the garden. Yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah. As long as everyone stays safe, that's, that's all. It. As long as you stay at home, there's nothing to worry about, really, is there? Stay oh, home and look after yourself and get something to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. After we've done this, we're going to look at some of the messages we've been sent, guys, because we have had a sensational amount of emails and a lot of them have blown us away. So if you listen to the end, if you've sent one in, you might just hear it. If you want to do that yourself, you can do it. It's unitedpodcast.mayunited.co.uk, uh, utdpodcast.manutd.co.uk. Don't know why I spell it. I think it's because I say United and it's just UTD. So something different today, guys? Yeah, technology at its finest. Looking forward to it. be interesting to see what they're like together. So they've got to play together. Yeah, well, you've probably got one of the finest midfielders ever to grace Old Trafford and you've got one of probably the most potential centre-forwards that's now gracing Old Trafford. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll get some little insight into what it would be like, maybe them two, you know, playing together on the pitch and what would they look for. Uh, Skulls are looking for, you know, Marcus's runs and and a little inclinations I think it'd be really really interesting to see how they would um, complement each other well let's do it shall we let's go let's go Welcome everyone to our very special Working From Home podcast. Obviously these are slightly strange times so bear with us as we try to muddle through it like everybody else and give you some good content and things to listen to while you're all hopefully at home and staying safe. So firstly welcome Paul Skulls back to the podcast. Hi mate, okay? Very good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent, and secondly Marcus Rashford making his debut on the podcast. Marcus, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You? Excellent, very good. Okay guys, just a check. I assume at some point the two of you have met in the past? Yeah, a few times. 
Perfect. Okay. Hi guys. Hope you're both well. How are you both coping uh, in isolation, lockdown? You first, Marcus. Um, yeah, it's, it's been all right so far. Um, it's obviously difficult um, in the circumstances, but for me, it's more mentally challenging. Um, you know, I've been used to having a routine um, since I was to can remember some um, little things like having to, you know, wake up when you want, not having to be at training at a certain time. Um, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit strange just sitting in your house, but uh, you find a way to to get through it and and do do your best. And what about yourself, Paul? Do you know, what? I've I've quite enjoyed it actually. It's been all right. Um, obviously, I'm quite lucky to have a, a nice garden and stuff. I didn't have much of a routine other than take Aiden to school, I suppose, and and doing bits of TV work. But I, I can imagine for Marks and the rest of the players, it'll be driving them crazy. It's a time of the year where they should be playing football. A really important time of the year as well because you come in, you should have been coming to the end of the season where, you know, prizes are under out, handed out and, you know, every day in training, you, you're buzzing, you can't wait to play games and it's difficult for them. But as I say, I'm coping all right, spending a lot of time with the kids, which, which has been really good. And um, But we all want it to end as soon as possible, of course we do. And lads can get back to playing football, people can be healthy again. Um, people can get back to jobs and hopefully they've still got jobs. So there's a lot more important things going on than, than football at the minute. And, you know, as soon as that's back, hopefully, then everything else can, can come together as well. Marcus, you just said there that you're, you're struggling with a little bit uh, being out of routine. Paul, is that a bit of an insight into what it's like when you retire and that routine just stops? Obviously, it's very different circumstances, but... Yeah, no, that's exactly that, and that's why a lot of us struggle really to to handle it. Maisie will tell you as well when you know you're up at every every morning, you're ready for training at ten o'clock, half past ten, whatever it may be. You're getting used to your routine at the weekend. Your Friday night, you're going into a hotel. Um, you're getting ready for the game, the big big build up to a game, um, and then you you stop and you you get ready and, and you, you you try and go again for the next time. And all that's gone when you're a footballer. It's uh, sorry, when you stop playing, when you retire, there's there's almost nothing, not nothing to do anymore. It's nice having that bit of time on your own for the first three or four months, but then gradually it just becomes harder and harder. You've been with a group of lads, a group of mates all the time, constantly having a laugh with them and you know, going through good times, going through bad times with them as well. So, yeah, it, it's a big come down, but it's something you have to get used to. And well, Max has got, what, 10, 15 years left, so he doesn't really have to worry about that yet. Although saying that, I remember when I was a kid, I used to be a bit Brian kid up. I used to give him a lift to, to games when I was like 19, 22 away games. And he, he always said to me, he said, enjoy it while you can because it'll just go like that. And mm. me as a 19, 20-year-old kid, I'm thinking, what, what's he on about? You know what I mean? I'm 19, I, I want to play till I'm 35. Not everybody's lucky enough to do that. But he was so right because before you know it, it's gone and but now I've been retired six or seven years, maybe over ten years. It just the time just flies by. So for someone like Marcus, who's you know he's, he's had a brilliant start to his career, he just needs to enjoy it as much as he possibly can. Well, there's something to look forward to, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> How Sorry, is your recovery going, Marcus? Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, obviously, I'm ready to sort of step it up a little bit now, but it's it's difficult to do it uh, with not being in the in the training ground. So. Um, you know, I've just added a few bits and pieces. I'm pushing myself a bit more on the bike and doing some more core work and, and upper body. So um, just day by day, really taking it, taking it. So, how fit can you actually stay? 
just being at home. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, obviously, there's a lot of you know you can train at the training ground um, every day. That's the that's the peak of your of your fitness, and to try and emulate that at home, it's you know it's almost impossible. But everyone's just trying to get as close as they can to that. Um, you know, there's some of the lads that have been out running um, every day that have programs from the clubs, and sometimes it's five k's, six k's. But even even doing that, running 6K, maybe it's more than what you'd run in the training session. Um, but it's not the same intensity, no spike in intensity. So it's it's difficult to, to try and mirror that. Um, but yeah, you, like you say, you just got to try and do as best as you can. And, you know, you know in yourself when you're, when you're as fit as you can be. And during this time, it's, it's definitely tough. We don't know what the future holds for the rest of the season or the summer or anything at the moment. But in a way, could this be, in, in, a, in a very strange way, a kind of an advantage to you because you would have missed a lot of the football that has been suspended? Yeah, um, you know, for me, I was probably going to um, go back with the team um, middle towards middle or end of April. Um, but that would have been a push, obviously, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss the summer, so um, you know, I doubt I would have been a hundred percent fit um, going into that tournament or even finishing off the the season. But that's what we was aiming for, and obviously, since then, a lot a lot's happened um, with this virus. So, um, you know, for for my body, really, it's it's um, it's been good to just let it. I can give it its full duration now to, to rest. I don't know if you saw, but Wayne Rooney did, had, did an article, you know, he has a newspaper article in the Times, um, yeah. and he was talking about how when he went to the Euros when he was uh, 20 and he'd broken his metatarsal, he wished he hadn't because he'd rushed into it because he was desperate to play and he wished an older player had said, look, there'll be other opportunities, don't rush yourself into a tournament if you're not ready. And I think he referenced yeah. you as an example of someone who he would now tell that advice to is that the kind do you pay attention to stuff like that yeah definitely pay attention but um you know at the same time when it comes down to it uh, making the decision whether you feel like you can go or you can't go it's tough to 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 basically say no to, to something that where you could give it a, a good go um but i understand what is what he's saying um and it's just you know it's one of them things that as, as players you want to try and play every game every game you can really and um, you know, of course, of course, you're going to have niggles and little injuries, um, but you know, timing's timing's key and everything. So, if it's not the right time to do it, then you know, you have to try and pull yourself out, out of it. I suppose the warnings from Scolzi that your career is going to disappear like that. You don't want to miss anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you're still playing five aside in the back garden, Paul? Um, every now and again, I do. Yeah, not not too much. Yeah, not too much. Um, no, it's important to keep yourself going, I suppose. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of time to realise that you do need to get out and maybe go to the gym or something with, with, with Maisie or go on Maisie's bike rides up hills and whatever, trying to stay in perfect shape like he does. That probably takes your mind off it um, sometimes. But no, I, look, as, as Marcus is saying, I know what Wayne's saying, but if you've got a chance of being fit for a tournament, you do everything you can to, to, to get there. Um, now, if you're not quite 100% fit, then two or three games in the tournament, you might be. Um, as you're saying, you're, just, you're desperate to play. Marcus is desperate to play in, in every single game he can do. Um, and it will, this will be a blessing for him because he's had a nice little rest. He's one of the young players who's played nearly every game as well um, because he's been that valuable to the team. And 
it's been a nice little rest for him and you know, there's no rush for him to get back now. There's some, still so many games to play, we think, we hope. Um, so it gives him plenty of time to get ready now, not just for the end of the season for United, but obviously with the Euros a year away now, it'll give him some more chance to hopefully get a good rest and get back to his, his peak condition. Paul, do you remember Marcus's name being thrown about the, the training ground whenever... In your in your latter years, yeah, of course you do, yeah, and you, and you, you know you always watch the young play, young players as well. You watch them training now and again. I think Max was a, a lot younger than me, um, but yeah, you you hear people talking about the players. You you see them on MUTV on Saturday mornings watching, and I, I always re- remember watching mainly in the, in the reserve team, thinking, and he was a he was an out and out centre forward, and. I, I just sometimes you go to games, you just just watch him. You don't really watch where the ball is. You will look for his movement, and you know, is he clever enough to have that link with a with a midfield player? I think he, he has that. I was really excited when he first got into the team. A little bit luckily at first. I think there was an injury to someone, but ever since he got into the team, he, he's shown the talent he's got um, as a centre forward or a player wide on the left. Uh, be interesting to see which position he prefers, but. I always remember seeing him as a kid. I thought his intelligence and his movement as a centre forward. He looked like an out-and-out number nine, but you now you see him in his games. Now he looks like he he seems to enjoy it more from the left hand side. I don't know. We'd have to ask him. Marcus, do you enjoy it more from the left hand side? Um, I think a lot of it depends on the players that you're playing with. Um, you know, I think on, when you're on the left side, you can you can um, create a lot more things uh, probably as on on your own and. Um, give that little bit more to the team whereas when you're playing up front sometimes you're isolated and you need someone in midfield who can who can find passes um, for 90 minutes of a game so it can be you know you can you can disappear in games sometimes as a as a number nine and um, obviously when I transitioned into a number nine when I was younger uh, that's a bit that I struggled with because I was always someone that wanted to sort of express myself on, on the ball Um and then when I did start start playing number nine, I realised you don't really see you don't see the ball as as often as you do in other positions. But when you do see the ball, it's an opportunity to score goals. So that's what I loved about number nine, and that's what I still do love about number nine. Um, but right now, I, I'm enjoying having the the freedom to sort of mix between between the two, and um, you know, I think it suits us well at the moment as well. As Anthony likes to to drift to the left and and drop deep as well so um, it, to be honest it just feels natural right now to be playing on in, in that position that I'm playing now um, you know I'm in the middle between left and, and forward and yeah it's, it's definitely positive uh, Scalzi Helen touched on it just a moment ago is there actually because we've seen it on Instagram it looks like there is a five-a-side cage in your back garden <laughs> um, yeah there is five-a-side probably stretching it a little bit maybe three or four-a-side People keep asking me as well why why I've got the netting over the top. It's because obviously smash windows and Aaron shooting isn't the best. I thought you were going to say like birds come in or something. No, no, no birds. No. I, do you know what? Some birds I've got stuck in there actually. So a pheasant was stuck in there the other day. We had to we had to rescue it. <laughs> well, that went down well. <laughs> it tastes good. Lovely, yeah, lovely. Still a bit left if you want some. <laughs> but with your five-a-side pitch in mind. We are going to give you the first challenge that we want to do during this episode of the podcast as things are a little bit different. We want you to come up with a five-a-side draft using players 
that the other player played with. And we've come up with a shortlist for you to draft from. Okay. Feel okay. good about that? Yeah, no problem. So the formation is up to you. So what we'll do to begin with is each do a goalkeeper, each do a defender, each do a midfielder, each do an attacker, and then you can pick an extra player and put them as if you want to be... I can't imagine either of you would be defensive, but if you wanted an extra centre-back or an extra midfielder or whatever. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll start with goalkeepers, shall we? I think we need a team name. Team name first, Sam. Oh, yeah, we do. We do need team names. What's your team name? I don't know. I need some help. Come on, man. Archie All-Stars. <laughs> Archie All-Stars. Yep, go on then. I love that. <laughs> Anyone got any suggestions for me? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, his Reds. That's Reds. Lovely. We've done this before, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> Just sits. He had a big list ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so goalkeepers... So you've each got uh, some choices. So, Scolzi, you can pick from Sergio Romero or David De Gea because those have been the goalkeepers Marcus has had. And then, Marcus, you can pick from Peter Schmeichel or Edwin van der Sar. Ooh, I had this debate the other day, you know. Go on. Um, I, I picked van der Sar just because when I was younger, that's who I'd seen playing in the first team. And, you know, he always looked assured at the back. But um, the person who I was doing the interview with was a bit older than me and he weren't having it. Said Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scalzi, you played with both. What do you reckon? Look, both brilliant, but I think whoever was with Marcus was right. I think Peter Schmeichel was the best. You know, you do, sh- you do shoot your practice at the end of a training game, and I always judge it on who was the hardest to score against, and Peter Schmeichel was freaking massive. He was enormous. So almost impossible to score against. Um, but saying that, Edwin was very good as well, but no, I, I'd definitely go for Schmeichel. Okay, so for those listening, because this is a podcast, so Marcus has made his first pick and he has gone for Edwin van der Sar. Paul, who are you going for? I'll go for David. Obviously, Marcus has played with I played with David as well. He's a great keeper. It took him a little bit of time to settle in, obviously. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Romero, Romero does really well when he comes into the team. He looks not, not as good, just a little bit behind. Obviously, that's why he's the number two, but David, I think, so a special keeper who, who wins you a lot of points throughout the season. Okay. Solid start. Okay. Defenders next. You have got to choose from... We don't need defenders. Why do we need defenders? <laughs> Everybody needs defenders. Isn't that right, Maisie? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> nah, defenders are just strikers who are no good when they get older. <laughs> They've just been moved further back, further back, further back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, <laughs> that. <laughs> no, you were brilliant, Maisie. You were brilliant. <laughs> so you have to pick uh, between Harry Maguire Aaron Wambasaka, Victor Lindelof and Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire Marcus. oh sorry, sorry. oh you're okay <laughs> um, David May Yap Stam Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic so Scosley should we start with you yes I'll go for Harry Maguire um, I think he's brilliant looks like a captain as well he's a leader um he looks like he'd go forward with the ball a bit as well. He's good on the ball. He's got a goal in him. That goal he scored against, who was it, Tranmere? Yeah. Two headers as well, yeah. yeah. So, Maguire for me. He's in my team as a defender if I've got to pick a defender. If I've got to. Uh, I'd probably... So, I said Rio the other week, but because he's picked Maguire, I'd probably pick um, Vidic. But yeah, Rio or Vidic would, would have been my pick. Nice. Okay, so in the team so far, we've got... Scolzi has got David De Gea and Harry Maguire in his side. Marcus has got... Uh, Edwin van der Sar and Nemanja Vidic so far. Imagine Nemanja Vidic playing five aside. I feel like he'd be absolutely brutal. <laughs> you need one of them in there. <laughs> Chaos. What was your life, Scott? Okay. Five aside. Five aside, Vida. Um, 
Do you know what? He didn't really play the centre-half and five-a-side. He's one of them defenders who think he can play a little bit as a number 10. Do you know what I mean? When you get to a five-a-side game, he does anything but play his position. Give the ball to me <laughs> and all this stuff. But it comes to a game, he just headed and kicking and throwing in his... Um, no, I think it was a... Training is, is could be a little bit moody in training, either actually. It could be a bit of a nuisance in the boxes, especially. Um, but yeah, he was, he was aggressive, great centre half, as you know. He's yeah. perfect for English football, really. He'd head the ball, he'd tackle, he was, he was great, really, really good player. Um, difficult between, I think Max had some tough choices there with Yap's time as well. How, how good was Yap? You know how good Yap was. Um, Rio yeah. Ferdinand, it's, it was a difficult choice for him, but. Nope, he went for a, for the hard man. Did Vidic learn anything off you then in the boxes? Because you, uh, you were just a nasty little, nasty little so-and-so as well. What nasty little tackles are in there? Well, Scalzi, you were crap at tackling. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was very good at tackling, Maisie. Come on, it was all calculated. I was just getting, I was yeah. just getting people back. That's all I was doing. <laughs> I, I never instigated anything. If someone got me, then... There's a chance I'd get him back. Now, BD has some tackles in the box. He could be a lunatic as well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Helen's liked it. Sorry, I'm just going to get a pencil so I can write down the team. So I can keep track, guys. I was expecting Johnny to appear and tell him they were both wrong. He's got three kids to look after in there. <laughs> okay, so we're on midfielders now. Okay, so Marcus, you can pick from Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, Ryan Giggs, or David Beckham. And oh. Paul, you've got the choice of Matter, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, or Scott McTominay. Why are Giggs and Scholes in the same category? Well, you could still pick one of them later because you get right. to pick one defender, one midfielder, one attacker, and then you get to pick an extra player to go wherever you would want them in your team. Right, okay. Be careful, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your, your, your place is surrounded. He's just said he gets people back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, Paul, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, go on. Who am I? So, uh, Juan Mata, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Scott McTominay. Um, no, 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 no. Pogba, obviously, I, I played a bit with Paul. Everyone knows the talent Paul's got. He's a, he's a special player. Brilliant Juventus, brilliant for France in the World Cup. He's been really good at times there as well. He can do everything as a midfield player. But probably you probably like him. Someone like Steven Gerrard, who's you know the pace, the power, the skill, can do absolutely everything. Bruno Fernandez has been a, a breath of fresh air. Really, he's a player that you look at. And to be fair, I, I didn't really see him before he came over, so I didn't really know what to expect. It's only been how long has he been there? How long have we been watching him? Six weeks or something. But he's made a a huge difference to the team. Um, McTominay as well, I really like. I see him like a Darren Fletcher type of player, really getting to players. He's good on the ball as well. Um, really talented. One matter again, great set pieces, lovely left foot, lovely footballer. Um, it's a difficult one. I, I, I think I'd have to choose between Fernandes and, and Pogba. Um, I think I'll just go for Pogba. I, I know Bruno Fernandes, he, he excites me, he looks a an amazing talent at just at this stage of the season, been there six weeks. What for Pogba for what he's done in the game so far and what I think he's able to achieve in the in the future, I will just go for Paul. Nice. Okay, so you now have David Gea, Harry Maguire, Paul Pogba. Marcus, who are you gonna to add to Van der Sar and Vidic? Well, I'm gonna go first. Matt, just before you answer that, mate. Yeah. Scolzi's mentioned uh Bruno. Yeah. What's he like to play with? I've not played with oh. <laughs> Well, sorry to train. <laughs> Are you excited to, to join up with him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the thing for me is like when, when we get 
players that come in, it's just nice to see them settle uh, as quickly as possible. And, you know, he just came into the changing room, he fitted right in and, you know, he let that show in his, in his performances. And I think it's, his, it's not only his, his um, skills that he has on the ball, it's, it's just his energy and his mindset. Um, he's always positive. If he loses the ball, he just tries to win it back as soon as possible. And I think at the time when he came, that was something that we needed um, throughout this season, 100%. And, um, sometimes that can just kickstart you and, and push the team to go that extra bit and you know that's what happened we went on a good run um, from when he came into the team and you know unfortunately it's been it's been cut short but um, you know before the, the virus outbreak we was, in, we was in a good run of form and that was one of the main reasons why Brilliant Tasca you can cut that a little bit Scholes <laughs> taking the <laughs> <laughs> Okay so go on then, Marcus who would be your midfielder? Yeah, I've put Scolzi in there. Um, I think in term, I'm only going to have one midfielder, so I need someone who can find my forwards because there's going to be two of them up there. So um, yeah, I think he's he's the best player to, to put in that position, and you know he's got range of passes, and you know he's shown it from from when I first watched him when I was young. So um, yeah, that's the that's the player that I've done. Do you think you two would have played well together? Yeah, it would have been yes. a dream. <laughs> Honestly, it would uh, it would have been a dream to to play with someone like that. And why did you say that? Just the the biggest thing for me was range of passing. Um, probably the closest thing to that was when when Waza was playing a bit deeper, and it was just so enjoyable to to play as a number nine and in them games when he was playing in that position. Um, similar with with Carros as well. Um, as soon as they get the ball, they look they look forward and they want to play forward. Um, and not only to feet, but in behind a lot of the time. So, you know, as a forward, is that's all you want. Um, as long as someone's seeing the passes and and trying to trying to make them, you know, that's what you that's what you thrive on. Scalzi, what, what about playing alongside or playing behind Marcus? What would, what would you do? You look for with him? Well, the same as any midfield player looks for. You look for a player who can come short, of course, you. But more importantly, a, a player with pace. Like Marcus has speed and movement, and you do. You just you don't need to look at these players sometimes. You don't need to talk to them. It's just sometimes just a little look. You're on the ball, time and space. You see space over a centre half, and I know I can just think you're over a centre half, over a full back, and he's got the speed to just fly past somebody and the composure to to score a goal as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. The team so far. Before we add a forward, uh, Scalzi in goal has David de Gea. Then in defence, Harry Maguire didn't want a defender though. Then Paul Pogba in midfield. Uh, Marcus has got Van der Sar in goal, Vidic at the back, and Scholes in midfield, which is a fairly terrifying five-a-side team. You'd want shin pads against them, wouldn't you? <laughs> if they don't beat you they'll just kick 10 bells of crap out of you yeah I'd lose that game uh, we'll go to forwards now so Marcus you can pick from Eric Cantona Ruud van Nistelrooy Wayne Rooney Cristiano Ronaldo Robin van Persie or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer pressure there because manager <laughs> and um, all the best Skolzi you get to pick from Marcus Rashford Anthony Martial Romelu Lukaku uh, Igalo Zlatan Ibrahimovic or Mason Greenwood also very hard who's first they both look like they're struggling. Some extra time. Uh, I know who I'm picking. You know who you're picking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on then. Uh, I'm going to pick Wazza. I think in terms of like what you need as a forward, he has he has everything and other attributes that enable him to play in other positions. And I just think like watching him from when I was young, uh, seeing how he changed his game and and developed into the player that he that he's now known for. Um, it's an unbelievable transition for me and 
yeah, it's, he excites me every time I watch him play. Also, in terms of other attributes, I think he really fits the team you're building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got a bit of bite to him. And, yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's important, and you know, it's his it's his character and personality, and you know, it's it's natural to him to do that. So I think it's important to have that emotional side of it. Good choice, do you think, Paul? Good choice. What do I think of his choice? Yeah, very good. It was it was hard. Um, <laughs> probably, I think his was a lot harder. I don't think his manager's going to be too happy, by the way. Um, no, who else was in it? Cristiano, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Did yeah, you say Cantona, as well? Robin oh, van Persie. Cantona, Cantona, van Persie. It was, it's virtually impossible. Any one of them would make your team yeah. better, wouldn't they? And he's probably has chose the best one. He's a leading goal scorer of the club. Not just the club, but England as well. So, yeah, wise choice, Marcus. And what about yourself, Paul? Who would who would you pick out of that list? A reminder of your uh, list. A reminder you've, you've got, got Rashford, Marshall, Lukaku, Igalo, Ibrahimovic, Greenwood. Um, again, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I, like I say, I, I always like pace. And I, I like to play with quick players, especially as a midfield player, as a, as a slow midfield player as well. You want someone you can give the ball to, you think can create something. I think probably Marcus, just to the left-hand side a little bit, I think he's... But in his best position there. Um, I like that you didn't just go, yeah, definitely Marcus. You really thought about it. Well, it, you know what? I like him and I, I love Martial as well. I think they're both brilliant, brilliant, ta- talented, attacking players. Both can play on the left hand side, both can play through the middle. Um, but I think Marcus just edges it for the, for the quality, really, more than anything. I think he's. His pace as well, and Marshall is exactly the same. But you can give him the ball; he can beat a man easily. He can walk past two or three players, slam the ball in the top corner. He can spin in behind the player, which I've I've mentioned before. So, yeah, Marcus for me. Perfect. Okay, so your teams now are Paul. You have David Gea, Harry Maguire, Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford, and Marcus. You've got Edwin Van der Sar, Nemanja Vidic, Paul Scholes, and Wayne Rooney. So. You, Paul, you can now pick, and Marcus, you can now pick whoever you want to complement your teams from the other players that you didn't pick. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put um, Giggsy in mine. Um, I think he's just been in class from from um, the first time he played for for the club, and um, you know he's definitely played a big part in in my career. And watching players like that come come through the academy, that's what drives you and gives you that self belief that you can do it as well. So. Um, yeah, without a doubt, I put put gigs in there. Okay, so your finished team is Edwin van der Sar, Nemanja Vidic, Paul Scholes, Wayne Rooney, and Ryan Giggs. Yeah, that's a pretty terrifying front three. That's some team. Some yeah. team. Giggs was my pick. Giggs was my pick as well. Can we, can we have two of them? Did Marcus? Did you and Giggs ever share the pitch? Um, no, but he's, he trained with us a few times when he was um, coach under under Van Gaal and. Just is the quality. It's like when when Carlos joins in now, he still has the quality in his passes and the eye to to pass forward and find gaps. And yeah, I just remember that with Giggs. Even his dribbling, you know, he weren't as quick as he as he was um, when he was playing, but he could he could dribble past some of the players in in training. And just his ball control was was unbelievable. And you know, it's natural to him because it's it's obviously not left him. But so the answer essentially is no. Then Paul, they didn't play no, together, no. so you can't pick him. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Big Zlatan. Big Zlatan, no. no. You know I would love to play with him, of course I would, but I, I love Rude. I, I love playing with Rude. Um, I need a, a proper goal scorer in there as well. Um, I played number 10 with Rude for a season. I, I loved it. He, he's just a ruthless, ruthless goal scorer. And mm. He just lived. 
he lived for scoring goals and you know, it, it was funny <laughs> the amount of times when even when we lost games but he was scored he was happy now I'm not saying that's a good thing but as long as he scored he didn't care and whenever he did score or he didn't score the first thing he'd do when we got on the team bus after the game was see if Thierry Henry had scored and if Thierry Henry had scored he wouldn't talk to anybody for the full trip home because he was <laughs> so he was so engrossed in being the leading goal scorer not just at United but in the league in the world everywhere so I, I love the way he finished as well look I play with some unbelievable centre forwards you think of Cole Dwight York Sheringham Solskjaer uh, there's loads of Van Persie I played with as well there's some unbelievable goal scorers but to me he was the best he was the best finisher so rude for me you've got you've got to pick someone that Marcus played with okay. <laughs> yeah well, why'd you let me say all that then I was enjoying it I like the story a lot <laughs> you know <laughs> Hey, um, that's why I said I said never heard that story time. about Rude before I liked it that's oh, um, wait a minute when did, when did Marcus play with Gigsa well he didn't that's why wait. you couldn't pick him so he's picked players that you played with and you've been picking players that he plays with or has oh, played yeah, with yeah. Uh, dumb and dumber <laughs> sorry <laughs> well I'm outside um, <laughs> um, someone who Marcus has played with um, yeah. um it can be any position. Oh, eh? It can be any position. Yeah, any position. But the other forwards you had Marshall, Igalo, Ibrahimovic, Greenwood. Lukaku. I'll tell you what, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go for someone who's very similar that Marcus has played. It doesn't have to be for United, though, does it? Mm. We're on MU TV, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. But you could also put Bruno Fernandes in if you want to put Bruno Fernandes in now. He's not played with him. So what are you on about, Sam? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Wake up, Sam. Marcus, who's the best player you've played with? I'm struggling. Um, what forwards have you got in your team? You. Yeah. So, who do you like playing with? Did you play with Zlatan? Yeah, I played with Zlatan. Um, just his mentality was was beyond anything that I've ever played with before. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't care what anyone would say to him or you know what what anyone was saying about him. So. Um, in terms of his mentality, he was he was key to my development, especially when under that time when Jose was there, because he was someone who played under him before and he knew it had to be a certain type of way to to survive under him. And um, I think that was good. Did you like playing under Jose? Do you know what? It was tough, but I think in five or six years' time, you look back on it, and you know they're they're the moments that give you that mental toughness. Yeah, because um, you know as an all-round player, I think I've improved a lot. And you know, a lot of it's down to down to them two years under under Josie. And you know, yeah, we had ups and downs. But uh, when I look back on it, it was it was a, a tough period, but definitely a period that made me a, a better player. So you going with Latin then? Right, I'll, I'll go with Latin then, just to help okay. Marcus get through the game. <laughs> Great. Okay, so here's what we've got. So skulls of your team is David de Gea, Harry Maguire, Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And Marcus, your team is Edwin Van der Sar, Nemanja Vidic, Paul Skulls, Wayne Rooney, and Ryan Giggs. David May, you are a neutral former Manchester United player. Which team wins? 
Max is all day. 100%. And if we don't, if we oh. win, you aren't going to finish the game anyway. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not being funny, but I totally agree with you both. Okay, we do need, <laughs> we we do need manager managers. Though. Yeah, go on, Helen. We do have to pick a manager. Now, obviously, uh, Paul, you've only played under one. So what we're going to do for you is, well, we've cheated a little bit. Um, we've added one of your teammates to the list instead. Schools, you have to pick Louis van Gaal or Jose Mourinho. And Rashford, you then have to pick Sir Alex Ferguson or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Okay. Oh, oh Marcus. He's asked for him now. Not a trick question. Fergie speaks, speaks for himself. Um, you know, he's, for me, he's the greatest manager of, of all time. And, you know, at the moment, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, hopefully, as long as, as long as he did, and if we go on to win as many chances as that, then, you know, credit to to the manager. But, um, yeah, for now, I'd go for it again. <laughs> so, he's not picked Ollie and his team, and he's not picked him as his manager. Taxi <laughs> um, <Maxi> for Marcus. <laughs> Living Van Gaal or Jose? Ooh, that's... Um, that's difficult. I think Marcus's was quite easy. I think mine's mine's soft. What did Louis win? Louis won the FA Cup, I suppose, didn't he? Yeah. You get him into the Champions League. Um, Jose finished second with him. Taking away the trophies, who would you like to have played under between the two of them? Who would that? Would, oh, would I have liked to play under? <laughs> I'll get one of these questions right in a minute. All right. Um, <laughs> Just the way I talk. Uh, who would I have liked to have played under? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you can't say neither. <laughs> well. Why not? Um, no, uh, do I? It didn't really matter what kind of manager I played under. I just I, I played the way I played, and that was it. Whether it was Alex Fur, whether it was all the England managers I played for, whether it was Van Gaal or, or Mourinho, I, I think I probably just just picked Jose just for his. You know, I loved him when he first came over to Chelsea. That attitude of him being the best, and you know, he went on to prove he was the best for the. A, a short space of time. He won the UEFA Cup with United as well. So, but, you know, I want to, I'd love to play with both managers, in, in all honesty. Both top class managers are in their time. But if I've got to pick one, I'll just go for Joseph. Nice. Okay. So, one last time, because obviously, if you're listening and sometimes it's difficult to keep up with everything, Paul Scholes has picked a team managed by Jose Mourinho and it's David De Gea, Harry Maguire, Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Marcus has gone for a team managed by Sir Alex Ferguson of uh, Van der Sar and Goal, Vidic, Scholes, Rooney, and Giggs. David May thinks Marcus Rashford wins this game. Oh, yeah. My team is unstoppable. You're not actually that unbiased, are you? Because those are a lot of players from your era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a few good drinks in there as well, so that all helps. <laughs> after party? After well, you've got to celebrate winning. <laughs> okay. So we have built two phenomenal five-a-side teams. We do have one last top five for you to do, and this is combined this is together we've come up with five of your best goals each and we want to come down to a top five out of those ten goals so Helen do you want to run down the goals that we've got Um, I don't actually have them right now Sam (laughs) (laughs) shall I run down the goals that we've got I haven't printed that page (laughs) (laughs) the printer was a waste of money Uh, 
for Paul Scholes, we have a long-range Barron-In versus Everton from the 2002-2003 season. Then the chipped goal that is often, go, it goes viral all the time because there are so many passes that build up to it. It's against Panathinaikos, just outside the box, chips the keeper, and that was in 2000-2001. Then there is the very famous David Beckham corner to Paul Scholes. He volleys it from outside the box against Bradford. That was in 99-2000 season. Then, of course, that absolute screamer against Barcelona in 07-08 that took us to the Champions League final. And finally, that volley in 2006-2007 season are straight down into the ground, back up into the roof of the net. Gabor Karali and his jogging bottoms just staring like the rest of us in disbelief at what had happened. Then, for Marcus Rashford, these are the five goals we've got. So, the uh, lovely bit of skill and the top corner finish at West Ham away in the FA Cup in 2015-2016 when you were still wearing the number 39. Then uh, in 2016-2017 at home to Anderlecht, cool bit of skill under pressure in the box. It was in extra time and it won the game and sent us through. Then the next one is another amazing piece of skill at home to Brighton uh, last season before you fired into the opposite top corner. Then one of your two against Liverpool in 17-18. It was like a Ronaldo-style chop that left Alexander-Arnold for dead. And then a lethal finish, smashed into the bottom right corner. And then finally, the rocket this season against Chelsea in uh, the EFL Cup. Just quickly, do either of you disagree with those five goal choices as your five goals? Well, I think I've got a couple more that could have gone in there. Middlesbrough away. Yeah, Middlesbrough away, Liverpool at home. Do you want to swap any of them out and use those? Uh, I don't know. Does that work for you? Does it matter? We can change the rules for you, yeah. Can we? Which one's called? I definitely Liverpool have the Middlesbrough one. one. Uh, Liverpool's you know, left foot we went in the top corner. Ah, yeah, Caught yeah, back yeah. from Cola. Yeah. Um, what would you take out? Um, just go for him again for me so, so it's uh, against Everton no, I'm joking sorry I'm only joking right. I'm joking yeah. uh, no I'll take the Middlesbrough out for that Everton one yeah okay cool we do that uh, Marcus you happy with your five or do you make any changes no no I'm, I'm done okay perfect okay <laughs> so I guess the sensible approach here is we go from one down to five and then that would eliminate the others so which is the very best goal on that list I think your one against was it hard? Well, cutting out here. Mays is messing about. Mays Mays is it, <laughs> having technical issues here. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <It's all laughs> that was that was the best goal. Other than when Wazza's overhead. Why are you bringing Wazza into it, Marcus? What's it got to do with him? Because oh, I'm just comparing the two goals. That was probably the the best goal other than that one. Which one, which one did you say, man? I didn't Villa. hear it. Sorry, cut out. Villa. Villa. Yeah, Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you say Waz is against Newcastle oh no the old yeah. big kick no oh, the yeah. old big kick against City that was just that was a joke um, yeah that's one of the best goals ever yeah. yeah I agree did you say okay. you were yeah. did I read somewhere Marcus that you were in the Stratford end watching that which one was it sorry uh, Waz's overhead Waz's. against City oh yeah 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 I was in the Stratford end um, so we had um, we had tickets to every home game but they'd move us around um, and that game I literally had the most perfect view I was right behind um and you could just see the build-up so perfect. Um, I think it was Skulls actually played it out wide and then uh, Nani crossed it and then Waza just hit it so it looked so sweet and, and perfect from where we was and yeah, it's just the, one of the goals that stick in my mind. Maisie, you and I were sitting there too, weren't we? We were there somewhere about, yeah. In the stretch, it must have been 
all close together. Unbelievable view, though. It was spectacular, but we've got nine other spectacular goals here, and we now have to work out which is the second best. So we're agreeing, sorry, the first one... Marcus reckons the goal against... Scolzi's goal against Villa was the best one. Scolzi doesn't seem to have any objections with that. (laughs) No. I think I've got a top three, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only joking, Marcus. I'm only joking, Marcus. Um... I'd say, I'd say the ne- go on Scholes I'd say the next two would be Marcus's free kick yeah. and your goal against Middlesbrough which one's the Middlesbrough one? the way you see it from behind and it starts just outside the post and then just oh, comes yeah, in yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. shank <laughs> miss it well, do you know what though one that hasn't been mentioned that is incredible and I, ha- I was in the MUTV studio which is perfectly in line with where you were with the ball, Marcus, to score this one was the one against Brighton. Yeah. Where it seemed like you were almost on the byline and still put it in the opposite top corner. Yeah, it was that. It was a quite a tight angle, wasn't it? Um, but I don't know. It's just uh, the the other the other goals. Um, I feel like the games are more were bigger games, and um, sometimes them goals mean mean a lot more to you. So yeah, probably one of the goals that I would have put in would have been the penalty against PSG over one, even though it's not as good as the other goals. Um, for what it meant. Yeah, yeah, I would have put that one in there. Yeah, that's the problem with these. I mean, you, it's your most important or your best goals. It's hard to, to yeah. choose between them, isn't it? Because like, the one you put on the Barcelona one for me, it wasn't... I miskicked it virtually. I've said this to you before <laughs> into, on another podcast, but I did it. I miskicked it. I sliced it off the side of me. I, I think out of Marcy's goal, I loved his West Ham goal, his Liverpool goal and his Chelsea goal. I, I, I just loved the West Ham goal. I know it's not the most important one, but a bit of skill mm. and then just to bend it in the top corner like that, I thought it was brilliant. So between you, you need to decide which is the second best goal on that list. Which one falls just behind Villa? Um, I think we'll, we'll put the my free kick and then Scholes' one against Middlesbrough, whichever order. Okay, you happy with that, Paul? Yeah. And should we have yeah. your um, penalty against PSG after that as number four? We, wouldn't do we can't put a penalty as the fourth best goal, surely, out of all of these goals. <laughs> we can do whatever we want, Sam. We're making the rules. You're <laughs> arguing with these two. That's where we go about the most important or the best goal. That's where it comes into question. This is aesthetics. We're talking about the most beautiful goal. What does that mean? Well, the, way it the most beautiful goal. Yeah. Well, the penalty is not the most beautiful goal, then, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's great and it it's was important. Really fun and everybody it's loved very it, important, but... but it's not the it's not the most beautiful. It scored better goals than a penalty, hasn't it? Think of you talked about the Wayne Rooney goal as being like a perfect, incredible, mad, spectacular goal. Think of it as we're trying to find the the five that compete with that. The other thing is, though, that was both one it importance and yeah. an unbelievable goal. Yeah, you don't get many of them there. No. So have we got the top three now? We've, so we've got the top three. So the top three goes, number one, you against Villa. Number two, Marcus's free kick this season against Chelsea. Number three, your striker against Middlesbrough. So we are left to choose from your goal against Everton, Paul, that hit the bar. Um, we took that, in, one, that one, yeah. we took that one out. Yeah, we took that one out. The Panathinaikos chipped goal that probably every six weeks goes viral on some sort of sports account somewhere because it just, there's just an endless load of one-touch passes that lead up to that goal. Your volley against Bradford direct from the corner. The screamer against Barcelona, but you've described that repeatedly as a slice, so we could probably take that out. And then for Marcus, we've got the goal against West Ham that bent into the top corner, the goal against Anderlecht in extra time, the goal against Brighton that was practically on the byline, uh, and then the goal against Liverpool. So two of those need to make it now into the list. Yeah, got to stick one against the Scousers. <laughs> <isn't you? laughs> I think I'd, I'd probably go for the, the chip, 
and then the Liverpool goal. Um, okay. I think just the the quality of the chip. Not many, not many people can can do that. And yeah. you know, I think there's there's a lot of players that can do some of the other goals. Um, but the chips are a unique technique. So I I put that one there. So this is where that leaves us. The fifth best goal scored, Marcus Rashford against Liverpool. Four, Paul Scholes against Panathinaikos. Three, Paul Scholes against Middlesbrough. Two, Marcus Rashford against Chelsea this season. And number one, Paul Scholes' volley against Aston Villa that won goal of the season that year, which is pretty solid. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'll go with that. Which do you think is your best goal ever? Um, yeah, there's probably only been two or three goals where, you know, when you've hit the ball and you know that it's going in. Um, so I probably put Chelsea as, as the best one. But there's been some some other goals as well where after I've hit the ball, I just know that it's going in. And, you know, at that moment, it doesn't really matter who's who's in that. And, you know, West Ham was one of them. Um, I had one against Fulham from sort of the corner of the box. And yeah, they're, they're the goals that come to mind. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd pick Chelsea. Nice, it's a solid choice. Uh, also, Marcus, while we've got you, before we say goodbye, we should say that you have done incredible work during this lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody associated with Manchester United is incredibly proud of you. And the the money that's been raised is sort of staggering, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's done a lot better than what we what we thought and what I actually started off with. Um, so. It, it was sort of a slow process at first and we just set it as try and get to a hundred thousand um and then a couple of days passed and we was we was way past that and then a week passed and then the numbers just kept getting higher and higher and you know it got to a stage where we actually had a, a lot of donations more than we expected and we were struggling to actually deliver the food to people so that's where the the bigger companies like Tesco um co-op as the They've they've come in, uh, helped us massively with with deliveries and that side of things, and also put in their own large donations as well. So um, yeah, it's definitely a, a big part. Marcus, what does the figure what does the figure stand at around now? Do you know? I think it's just around twenty million now. Wow, it's a it's a big it's a big number. Um, at first the, the donations was was going kind of slow. Um, I put a bit of money in myself and then. It was at like 50,000, 60,000. And then I just remember two days later, it was at 140 something thousand. And then a week after that, it was at six, seven million um, after some of the bigger companies started coming in. And then literally just two or three days ago, it was it reached 20, 20 million. So, wow, well done. Yeah, that is amazing. It is incredible. Absolutely unbelievable. And what, what's, what's the bigger picture of it all? Um, it's obviously we don't know how long this is gonna this is gonna go on for, um, and it's just something that if if this would have happened ten or fifteen years ago, uh, it definitely would have would have affected myself um, in the position that I was in when I was a kid. So it was just something that I thought um, if there's a way to try and help people and kids especially, then uh, let's just let's just try and do it. Great job, mate. Yeah, well great done. job. Well done. Hello, Marcus. Also, Marcus, this isn't usually how our podcasts go. When this is all done and everything's back to normal, will you come back and do a proper one? Okay, this is organised yeah. chaos this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, it's, been, it's been fun. Perfect. Uh, and Scalzi, can we come around yours and play football when this is all done? Anytime, mate, anytime. Beautiful, that'll do. <laughs> okay, uh, guys, thank you both so much. Yeah, no no worries. See you later. Bye-bye. 
Paul Scholes and Marcus Rashford. That was thoroughly enjoyable and very funny. Yeah, it was really funny. Oh, hilarious. I don't know whether it's because we're on this technology that makes it funnier. I don't know, but that just was so funny. Yeah, I'm not sure how, uh, how they're going to edit it. I mean, whether they can keep it all in because it was, as you said, hilarious. I, one of my favourite bits in all of it was the bit where, for some reason, Paul got really confused and started talking about Rude Van Nistelrooy. Nothing to do with anything we were talking about, but it was a fascinating story. Brilliant. Yeah. And then I offer, I offer him Zlatan, and he went, no, 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 no. And then eventually, Zlatan comes into it. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, Zlatan, definitely, yeah. Oh, it was a confusing game. He got a bit confused, didn't he? But he did say, we can go around his house and play football. Sam, we told you, it doesn't mean that you're friends with Paul Scholes. It does Scholes. mean I'm friends with Paul no. Scholes. He said, I, you don't invite people to your house to play football. Admittedly, he didn't invite me, I asked him. That aren't your friends. You keep living on that dream. Yeah, we're great friends. We're yeah. your friend. He's been on the podcast. He's done his second podcast. He's invited me to his house. We're great friends. That was a brilliant podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What did you think of the selections, Maisie? I think everybody agreed that uh, Marcus's team might, might edge that one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right through the middle, he's got Vidic at the back. He's got Scolzi in there, Wazer in there. Wow. Pickle what a team that is. Well, do you know what? When, when, you, when you actually... Johnny will tell you. When, you, when you're doing five-a-sides... You want those type of people in your team. And uh, that's why I thought Marcus's was by far the best team. You need a little bit of meat, Okay, right, I mentioned it at the beginning that we were going to look at some emails, uh, and we can do that now. So, um, Helen, do you have some as well? Yes, I do. I'll read the first one. Uh, Andy Williams' email. I would like to say how much I've enjoyed the podcast since I subscribed to them earlier this year. I started off with Peter Schmeichel and have worked my way back and will continue to listen each week. I would like to offer a suggestion as to who in, uh, who to interview on a future podcast. I would like to listen to an episode with Roy Carroll. I've always liked the goalkeepers at United, no matter who has been in goal. It would be good to give fans a chance to hear a different story from a player who has experienced the highs and lows of the game, especially after leaving a massive club like United. Many thanks for your time and I look forward to the next episode. Thank you very much indeed, Andy. We will try and work on that one. Roy Carroll. Yeah. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be very interesting, especially if he had that sort of uh, rivalry with Tim Howard, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Don't usually get that with goalkeepers. I'd like that. Okay, I've got one here from Gareth Cullen, uh, Cullen who says, Hi, United podcast team. I have to say, as a 47-year-old lifelong Man United fan, just listening to these podcasts is a great insight to the players that I worshipped growing up. Listening to these podcasts, I have a total different appreciation of these great players. As a failed footballer myself, I have never made it to any significant level. I see now where I didn't make it. I didn't have the drive and commitment that some of these players talk about. I know this sounds strange, but listening to the podcast just takes me to another place for that two hours or so. It takes me back to great moments when Giggs did that run against Arsenal in the Cup, or Beckham's halfway strike against Wimbledon, Cantona's chip, or more recently, Rooney's overhead kick. That's what it's all about. That's what talking about Manchester United does. You relive memories and happy times. Keep up the good work. Loving the pod- podcast, Gareth Cullen. Thank you, Gareth. That was very kind of you. Thank you very much indeed, Gareth. It's nice to know it. Take somebody away for two hours and yeah. take them back. You know, some podcasts yep. with players from a couple of years ago or taking them back to Lou McCary's time, for example. It's nice to be able to do that. I can't work out if it's a yeah. good thing or a bad thing that he said listening to the podcast is why he's worked out why he didn't make it as a player. Well, that could have been a bit like you, Sam. Hey, there's still time. time. Once I go over Scholes and practice in his cage, <laughs> I'll be ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> He'll mention me to Wally. He'll be like, Ollie, I found a talent. Get him. Yeah. 
Um, yes, one more email here, Ian Houghton. Um, he said, really enjoying the podcast and I love the selection of guests so far. I've just finished the Dennis Irwin episode and it's brought back memories of 99 and onwards from there. Hope you're all getting on well in this time, especially Helen and the new little one. Thank you very much indeed, Ian. Uh, it is quite challenging, three kids under five in isolation. But anyway, there we go. All good. <laughs> As Stephen Draper says, thank you very much for the great podcasts. I started listening a few weeks back and I've binged on them ever since and can't wait for the next episode. After each episode, you always ask for suggestions on who to interview next. Mike Phelan, Casey Stoney. I think it would be great to hear her uh, from her as well. From the women's team thank you again for the great podcasts regards Stephen Draper I've had a few messages from people with the Casey Stoney one saying like when are you going to have uh, some of the female players on and why hasn't that happened yet and actually we have tried to do it but yeah. the the world has been against us whenever we've tried to organize one something's happened and they've had to do an extra training session or something and so people haven't been available but we have tried and, and when the time comes we will do it uh, this is an email from Brent Fortune I bet you can't guess which player he wants to hear from uh, Brent Fortune says, Firstly, thank you for all the work that you do. I'm an avid listener, haven't missed one episode and thoroughly enjoyed them. I'm from South Africa and would love you to do an episode with Quinton Fortune. I also remember Louis Sahar mentioning his name in his podcast and would just like to hear Quinton's stories. We are no relation. Kind regards, Brent Fortune. Brent, we've tried to do Another Quinton. Yeah, we've tried to do a couple of times. Yeah, we will do him, but things uh, things keep getting in the way. But we'll get him. He's a busy man. Uh, one more email. Uh, Zainab Jafarali says, I hope you're well. I really enjoy listening to the podcasts while writing essays slash doing work for university. My favourite one was Ollie's. I count down to Monday and not because I love university, because of these podcasts. They keep me going on a Monday. Would love to have a reply from you. Kind regards. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for all of your emails, comments, tweets, everything we do. Really appreciate them. And we're really glad that you are enjoying them at home. We really are. And we do read all of the reviews we get. And we love all the five stars that we get from people. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. Uh, if you want to get in touch, the email address is in the notes section within the podcast platforms. But it once again is unitedpodcast at maynight.co.uk. We are trying to get in touch with all the guests that you've suggested and of course if you send a question as well we can give the player that question and tell them it was from you we are delighted to do that um, because we want you to enjoy this and be a part of it as much as we are so please don't hesitate to get in touch it's unitedpodcast.maynight.co.uk it's UTD podcast though not U-N-I-T-E-D at maynight.co.uk um, and just send in your ideas send in your questions let us know what you think any changes you, you would recommend we're open to all ideas and all suggestions thank you so much for joining us also thanks to Paul Scholes and Marcus Rashford for being with us everybody stay home stay safe look after yourselves and we'll be back with another one very soon 